Good morning. It is 11.07, and uh, Jennifer Bukowski joins us, as uh, she always does at this time. The uh, Freedom Caucus is uh, hitting some pretty bumpy roads. They've lost their favored uh, parking spaces and their uh, committee chairmanships, among other things. And uh, what they want is initiative uh, petition reformed. And I like the reforms. I think it's a better a, a, a reflection of what the state wants rather than just what they want in Jeff City and in uh, St. Louis. Uh, Senator Eigel had held up to uh, 28 gubernatorial appointments while waiting for the resolutions to be sent to committee. He indicated on the Senate floor Monday evening that he was prepared to approve some of those appointments, feeling that maybe there was a little progress being made. Uh, but what's going on down there, Jen? Well, Gary, as I prepped for your show last night, I tried to figure that out, and I could not determine what time the Senate finally got out. So I turn on the Senate, you know, live stream, and they were reading books on the floor about Darwin and how evolution is dumb, and about then about the Ireland, and it was just like bananas all night long. They stayed up reading and filibustering. The problem is, Gary, yes, I guess offered, okay, well, we'll confirm, we'll go ahead and confirm some of these volunteers that have agreed to serve the state. Uh, here's the list of people I selected. For whatever reason, that didn't go through because they're like, well, who are you to decide? Here's the whole slate, like just to pick and choose who gets confirmed. I mean, that's what I'm gleaning from tweets and comments and everything else that I'm able to gather. But the problem is, Gary, if they don't confirm these people by Friday, they can't ever serve in these positions. And these are people that are agreeing to, like, serve on boards and commissions without pay. You know, like, I don't know, the public defender, I don't know the exact positions, but it's no small thing to agree to serve your state and to go through the application process to get approved by the governor, and then you have to get confirmed by the Senate. So I felt bad for the people that are being held up by all this nonsense, and I'm getting frustrated with them in general because every year, Gary, in recent memory, it's been just nothing but drama and no results from our Missouri Senate. Well, I, you know, I, you know, I blame all leadership. Different office honors running for governor, and so it's like, are you trying to get sound bites for your governorship and like free press? Because you're certainly getting some free, you know, earned media or whatever out of this bomb throwing. You know, uh, Nick Schroer's talked about running for CD3. Koenig's talked about running for treasurer. So it's, what is their real motive here in doing this? Is it really IP reform or is it attention? Well, and, um, IP reform, obviously. Jennifer, I think IP reform should be the very first thing that they accomplish. Because anything else they accomplish can be undone. And we've seen this happen a couple of times in recent years. Yeah, with the right to work. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, and the uh, Medicaid expansion, and, and we, you know, if if the Republicans do anything that is truly conservative, it can be undone without fixing this first. And so I'm I'm in favor of fixing this first, get it done, and then move on. But leadership is, and you know, and and I I'm not taking away, I'm not saying that uh, perhaps uh, the Freedom Caucus couldn't have handled it a little bit better. Uh, but certainly man uh, uh, leadership could have as well. Uh, and I, I'm frustrated with all of them, all of them, because I've said this 
before, if I've had cases with opposing counsel that I've not cared for, or really not cared for, you know, and you set that aside and you do what's best for your client and you do your job. And I feel like these senators need to grow up and put their own egos and whatever aside and figure out how to get their jobs done. And they had year after year now, Gary, they've got like last year, they didn't get anything done. So then didn't they disband that? conservative caucus or whatever it was promising that next year there'll be better boys and actually you know get some results done for the missouri people and then to the, this year it's the same old same old with you know throwing wrenches into the works and uh throwing tantrums and getting on the news and stopping everything from happening again after the last year they just been don't you remember that they had this announcement they're disbanding it because they're all going to work together in unity and everything else yep I do. Uh, and it was Senator Eigel that uh, did a filibuster at the end of the year. Some some important legislation didn't get through, but... It, Including IP reform, right? <laughs> so, well, no, uh, yeah. I, I, no, I don't think he was responsible for IP reform not going through. It, it was uh, leadership. Last year? Yeah. It could have been, I don't know, and maybe they're not all, I mean, obviously they're not all in agreement about IP reform happening or else it probably would have happened. So you have to question, like, what is it that they're against with IP reform that they haven't gone ahead and passed this? I know it would be the first time you're using this rule, supposedly, to bypass committees and put it up for a vote. I don't know if it would pass if it got put up for a vote in the Senate, but maybe they don't want to all be put on record if they plan to vote against it. I don't so uh, there's a lot going on behind the scenes with regard to that, I'd assume. But I will be very frustrated if they don't go ahead and make these volunteers. They'll never be able to serve in those appointed positions if they don't get confirmed by Friday. You know, the libertarian in me probably uh, <laughs> wishes they wouldn't anyway. Uh, all right, let me uh, let me move on because uh, we're you know going to run out of time. And uh, we've got a lot of ground to, still to cover. Cory Bush is not doing the Democrats any favors. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it, it appears even the Democrats uh, recognize this. And, uh, you know, Bell seems to be getting some support, huh? Yeah. Bell has raised $500,000 in the final months of 2023 after getting into the race for uh, Bush's seat in October. Uh, So that's impressive. So he has 600,000 in donations since he's pivoted to challenge Cori Bush. And uh, she, on the other hand, she still hasn't filed her quarterly report, but she has $130,000 in debt and only 20,000 cash on hand. And I'm hearing that she raised a puny amount uh, in terms of fundraising. So she relaunched her campaign for her own seat and she's framing herself as the underdog. And who does she invite down for this big announcement? Rashida Tlaib. It's just like uh, all the board, instead of to uh, make sure Wesley Bell gets the support he needs, I believe it or not, you know, I make donations to Republican candidates. That's WinRed is the website that you know, it helps administer all that. Act Blue is a Democrat one. Guess what I was on? Act Blue, donating to Wesley Bell, because I just can't stand the anti-Semitism and everything else and the just nonstop embarrassment 
that Cori Bush presents for our state, uh, being a member of this squad, this despicable squad. And so I really hope no Republican can win that seat, period. Our best chance of getting rid of Cori Bush is Leslie Bell. And so I, that's why I went ahead and sent him a donation, because... Uh, I hope he wins. It would be great to be rid of her, and she's an incumbent. It's hard to be incumbents, but he might have the wherewithal to do it. And he's a protege of Lacey Clay, who is a, a congressman, long-serving congressman, that lost his seat to Cory Bush to begin with in an upset election. And so maybe uh, there'll be enough support in St. Louis because he was his family served for what like 50 years that they'll have enough of uh, um, infrastructure put in place to actually get this done and win this seat and get rid of this she was what a neighborhood activist before Congress or something like that well, so it would be nice the, to be rid of her because she's just non-stop embarrassing from my you know view of things I hope she wins re-election because she's so much fun yeah <laughs> I mean, she's uh, every time she opens her mouth, it's to change feet. I I, I enjoy I enjoy uh, her stupidity, uh, but I guess uh, for the st- good of the country and the good of the state, uh, perhaps uh, better to get rid of her. Yeah, and that's the anti-Semitic stuff. It's not okay to condone that kind of stuff, and that's what's happening. And uh, yeah, it's not right. And I think I think Leslie Bell will get you know fundraising opportunities from all over the country because of her anti-Semitic remarks. And uh, I think that's good. You know, why not? Uh, we she, still have Ilya and Omar up there to deal with. She she was giving a speech in Somalia recently where she was promising to put Somalia first and that the Somalians already in America are going to make sure that America does that. That came out yesterday on X. It's, it's unbelievable. Uh, U.S. Representative Cory Bush, Democrat, uh, Missouri, member of the squad, is reportedly the subject of a criminal probe being run by the Federal Department of Justice related to an alleged misuse of funds for security services. Well, that's the rumor. Like, uh, it's not been confirmed yet, but... Yeah, that's interesting. Is it going to be her boyfriend, too, now? Like, what? what's the misuse? Like, how did she misuse it? Did she, like, spend it at the casino and not on bodyguards? Allegedly. You know, I'm really keeping an eye on that as well. The House announced Monday the sergeant-at-arms had been subpoenaed and was cooperating with the Justice Department. Uh, this from Punchbowl News scooped uh, that the Justice Department was seeking spending records as part of a probe of a House Democrat. The spending records uh, they were seeking were in relation to the alleged misspending of security money. Time will tell. Speaking of time... Yeah, they haven't confirmed that it's Cory Bush, but that's the rumor. Yeah, but speaking of time, we got to take a quick break. Uh, there's a, a, some bizarre deaths uh, from some Kansas City Chiefs fans. We'll kick that around with Jennifer Bukowski next on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 1121. Jennifer Bukowski with us, criminal defense attorney, a brilliant one at that. And uh, she also uh, has her finger on uh, the pulse uh, around the state of Missouri and, in fact, the entire country. This is uh, why she's such a great uh, fill-in guest host, because uh, she is constantly uh, doing show prep. And uh, the story that is getting a lot of nationwide coverage are these three guys that uh, apparently uh, 
went to a friend's house to watch a, a Chiefs game and, you know, <laughs> died on the porch. What's your take on this? Gary, something doesn't add up to this story. It's three like middle-aged men, or not even, one's 36 years old, one's a father of three children. They go to a friend's house, this HIV scientist, um, and watch the Chiefs game and then never come home. And a couple of days later, they're found in the backyard dead. It was only a low of 32 that night. It was like the first game of the year or it's like the January 7th game or whatever that this happened. And the guy that whose house they were at wasn't answering his door because their cars were parked in front of this guy's house. Family's knocking. They're trying to call. He's not answering the door. Finally, they get the police involved and uh, find these dead bodies. But it wouldn't just be alcohol for all three able-bodied men to all of a sudden pass out and lose consciousness while outside and die, right? Something else had to occur. So the police have said that there's not like a, there's no uh, evidence that it was a crime so far and they haven't named any suspects, but family members are demanding answers because of the, they're insinuating, well, this guy's an HIV scientist. Is he playing God or doing uh, something nefarious with drugs? that these guys didn't voluntarily participate in. I don't know that they have anything to base that on, um, but it is true that fentanyl is something that could lead to, you know, loss of consciousness, and uh, that's something that could have hit them all at the same time and led to this, you know, tragedy of three men dying. It's bizarre. Either he put them out there and they died in the house, or they took something and then they all decided to leave and it hit them all at the same time while they were outside uh, and he was inside. 32 degrees, I don't know, could you freeze to death at 32 degrees? Yeah, you could, but you wouldn't do it right away. I mean, it wouldn't be as quick as it was with temperatures a week later being, you know, zero. Especially, well, you're, I mean, these guys aren't like tiny little guys. They're going to have some body warmth. So it's going to take them longer to freeze to death than it would a small child. Well, there certainly is a tox report and an autopsy, right? Yeah, they haven't released the results of that. And that is going to be the big question. But the problem is a lot of substances leave your body before, um, you know, well, with the case of rape drugs, before you, you know, regain your consciousness and, like, are with it. But at that time, blood's that drugs are out of your blood, so it's like undetectable. I don't know how long fentanyl stays in your blood. Well, if, he's, uh, if they were frozen... It sounds like the guy inside the house might have been out of it as well, because he's not answering the door. He doesn't go to work on Monday. You know, that's bizarre as well. And when he wakes up, he's like in a robe and holding a wine glass. So it sounds like maybe he was inside. But was he... Yeah, did they die in the house and he set him outside? Or what happened? Was uh, it all an accident? It, something's up, but uh, you don't just see three able-bodied men dying like that uh, without some other intervening factor. It can't just be alcohol. If they were frozen, they were preserved. Maybe they will find something. I, I don't know. It is a bizarre story. Uh, and I don't know. That, it I don't, depends on how long it takes them, like how long before they actually expire as they're getting colder, you know? Well, it, or they just, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 
Something. It's, uh, it's a weird one, but yeah, it keeps making national news. They've been family members have been on Fox and different stations. It's been in the Daily Mail. It's one of a couple of weird Missouri, you know, death cases that hit uh, last week on Tuesday. Uh, another one. We talked about this one. There was another one with uh, that also hit out of the St. Louis area, where this guy, a firefighter, had uh, his doctor fiance dead. That was also making national news. So, but this one, this one with the three Kansas City Chiefs fans, something's not right, and I think they're going to find out. And in Missouri, if it is fentanyl, the prosecutors have been charging felony murder for fentanyl cases. Like whoever gave them the fentanyl will potentially be facing felony murder charges if that is the cause of these three guys dying. How to prosecute the people who have created the drug war. Because then the fentanyl problem wouldn't exist. All right, uh, we've got to move on because uh, apparently you could have gone to prison for what you did. Not me. Uh, the author of this article. But uh, she said, I could have gone to prison for what I did to find my birth parents. Uh, they have these laws, Gary, where you cannot get certain birth records to find out who you were if you were adopted. And so she writes about her experience of having to you know, submit documents and different names or whatever to try to track down who she is and where she came from. And yeah, there's a lot of different laws that she could have technically been prosecuted under and she's calling for reform. Do you think adult children? She says that it's one thing for the adoption to be closed and the parents not to be uh, bothered while the person is a child, but they don't have any right to not be contacted when that child is an adult. And what do you think of that? Do you think that what, parents who give up kids for adoption have a right to never be known or contacted? Yes. Because this author is saying, you know, who you are, that's such an important part of your life. And that parents who give up kids for adoptions have no right not to be contacted later. Yes, they do. They have that right. I think they should have that right. I don't deny that there are certain advantages, including some uh, medical uh, history that, that could be garnered. But I think uh, people uh, who, who give up their child for adoption, which is probably not an easy decision, uh, and they should have the right to say, I, I cannot and do not want to be uh, contacted. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I like a lot of these more voluntary programs where parents, you know, they might not be able to know where the kid is either if, you know, under certain laws in different states on adoption. But you can voluntarily sign up. I do want to know, you know, and then the people yeah. can find each other that way. I think that's a better solution. But I don't blame this woman either. If I had been adopted, I would have moved heaven and earth to figure out what happened because I'd want answers. You know, that's the heartbreaking thing. Like, why did you give me up? But this author of this article didn't find them until after they had uh, passed away, even though she started in her 30s looking for them. Yeah, I, I, I don't think just, I, it would I, be so hard. Yeah, I don't think you have that right. Uh, the, the the parents do, do have the right to uh, their anonymity, um, and I do think well, a voluntary system. Well, changing it up. Like her state, that's how she was able to get her original birth certificate, because in 2022, they passed a law, what was it, Maine, saying that adult adopted people could get uh, their original birth certificate, which was what enabled her to 
ultimately be able yeah, to figure they, out who the pregnant women who want to give up their child for adoption so it has a life are going to leave the state to have the baby in another state gotta run jennifer bukowski thank you for being with us okay. hey Thanks, wheel carts back in the news no this is the gary nolan show it's eleven thirty-five. there's a uh there's a uh, there's a guy who listens to this program you never hear from him but he listens to the program, and uh, he consults with us uh, on a regular basis. He's a, he's a consultant. And every time we talk about local issues in Colombia, his, his go-to example is <laughs> his roll cards. Because they, this is a story that just never, ever goes away. And it's back in the news again. Oh, no. No, it can't be, but it is. Uh, it's a, it's not a, a, a very long story. We'll get to it in a few minutes. Uh, but first, Argentina has, has done something that we ought to do. All of you naysayers out there need to listen to this John Stossel piece on the libertarian president. Because, well, this could be us if we had the courage of our convictions to do the right thing. This is uh, this is John Stossel. Argentina has elected an unusual president, a man who shouts liberty. Javier Malay recently became the world's first libertarian president. He campaigned with a chainsaw saying he'd cut the size and power of government. Malay is the unusual politician who won election talking about freedom. Now he's in charge of the third largest economy in Latin America. An economy with big problems like horrible inflation. People save their whole lives only to find their savings wiped out. People in Argentina are struggling with one of the highest inflation rates in the world. It happened because these Argentine rulers awarded huge subsidies to unions and special interest groups, thereby running big deficits. Tengo que decírselos de nuevo. No hay plata. The previous government dealt with that by just printing more. Policies to counteract this deficit, like printing money, only make things worse. Malay understands that governments can't create wealth. El Estado la destruye. El Estado no puede dar nada porque no produce nada. Libertarian attempts to shrink government haven't gone far in the United States. But in Argentina, Malay won big, won by three million votes. The media then said he can't pass his reforms. He's not going to be able to do any of those things. He has no experience and not, he does not have an economic team. Um, so he's going to fail. But he hasn't failed yet. He was able to repeal rent control, price control. Daniel DiMartino, who escaped Venezuela to become an economist in America, points out that Malay has already done a lot. Now he's pursuing labor reform. He eliminated all restrictions on exports and imports. All with one sign of a pen in one day. He can just do that without Congress? The president of Argentina has a lot more power than the president of the United States. Ministerio de Turismo y Deporte, afuera. Malay campaign promising to eliminate entire government agencies. Ambiente y Desarrollo Sostenible, afuera. Ministerio de las Mujeres y Género y Diversidad, 
afuera. Department for Women, Gender, Gender and Diversity, out. That department reminds me of a very famous government agency in Venezuela, which is the Vice Ministry for Supreme Social Happiness. They're just government agencies to hire their cronies and keep them voting for them and appearing in protests. Cutting government spending is a risky thing for a politician to do. People get ticked off when you end subsidies. There have been riots in countries where they cut those subsidies. What's incredible about Millet is that he was able to win on the promise of cutting subsidies. Se acabó la joda. Se acabaron los privilegios de la política. Se acabó. Almost no American politician ever wins promising to cut spending. But Argentinians are fed up with the status quo. Once one of the richest countries in the world, there are many reasons behind Argentina's decline. A hundred years ago, Argentina was one of the richest countries in the world. When you become rich and then you think money grows on trees, then you forget why you became rich. And then you gradually lose it democratically with handouts, an ever-growing state, one intervention leads to another, until we are in a situation like the one we have today. Malay wants to help Argentinians escape massive inflation by making the dollar Argentina's currency. He campaigned holding this dollar bill with his face on it. Part of a widely criticized campaign to use the U.S. dollar. Widely criticized by people who think you can alleviate inflation with price controls. Prices were controlled by the government. Of everything, eggs, meat, uh, gasoline, and now they're not. Argentina's socialist government had tried to control most everything. The regulations in Argentina were such that everything that was not explicitly legal was illegal. And the mentality is now changed with Millet's decree, all by executive order, that is basically everything that's not illegal is legal. One regulation loosened the rules on Argentinian airlines. And now even airfares are cheaper than bus fares. He scrapped the laws that said, buy in Argentina. Yeah, America I, has some of those. And it only makes poor people poor. Why? Because it increases cost. Why shouldn't Argentinians be able to buy Brazilian pencils? Why shouldn't they be able to buy Chilean grapes? Because we want to support Argentina. Well, guess what? Not every country is able to produce everything at the lowest cost. Imagine if we had to produce bananas in America. Malay has also been selling government-run industries. State airline, the state passenger railway, the military railways, the really hundreds of companies that he is going to privatize. Argentina stocks are soaring. Stocks rose sharply when Malay was elected. The decisive victory of Javier Malay. Yo filosóficamente soy anarcocapitalista. Anarcho-capitalism is the idea that all government should be abolished. Private companies would provide even the police, the courts, the military. So far, Millet has not proposed that. Most of us libertarians don't Most libertarians that don't support anarcho-capitalism. They support a small, limited government. De Rosa es Milton por Milton Friedman. Oh, Milton! Millet is an economist, one who even named his dogs after other libertarian economists. One is named Murray after anarcho-capitalist Murray Rothbard. Robert and Lucas get their names from Robert Lucas, who won a Nobel Prize for increasing understanding of inflation. 
Most people don't even know who these guys are. The fact that he's naming his dogs after these famous economists show that he's really a nerd. Um, and I think it's, it's a good <laughs> thing to have an economics nerd president of a country. Especially one corrupted by big government. We have never seen something like this happen democratically in Latin America, ever. What could Americans learn from Argentina? We need to keep America prosperous such that we never are in the spot of Argentina in the first place, and that requires free markets. Yes, free markets work. Hope his reforms get a chance to succeed. Wow. If they can do it in Argentina, why the hell can't we do it here? You know, there was a, 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 the uh, earlier on in this uh, segment with, uh, with Stossel, uh, they talk about being prosperous and then kind of being arrogant about the prosperity and uh, begin corrupting the government. And that's what we've done. It's like a little cycle. We struggled to be free. We were free. We became more and more prosperous. And now when we got really prosperous... There are people out there who want to take the prosperity and spread the wealth, forgetting how we got here through liberty and wanting to, to uh, uh, you know, remake America in their socialist uh, mold. And it will be our undoing. I cannot, I cannot possibly explain to you just how important being principled is when it comes to politics. But it is the most important thing. You've got to stand on principle. You cannot make exceptions based on emotions. Oh, I feel sorry for this group, or that group needs help, or, or we can try and, and make it better for these people who, who are suffering in some way. The government can never do those things. You've got to stand on principle and say, I want to help them. I'll send them a check, but I won't force you to do that. It is that mentality that, that, you know, we're the wealthiest nation in the world. You shouldn't see blah, whatever it is. Uh, people going hungry or living in the streets or whatever. The two are not connected. A wealthy nation and, and poverty, uh, you know, if, if you have a free nation, you have the least amount of poverty. Freedom makes everybody wealthier. And I, I, I just wish we could see that. I wish somehow I could infect you uh, in a way that you appreciate the beauty of freedom and liberty. That you, you see what happens when you, get cu- you know, when you cut people loose, when you get the government out of the way. He stopped nationalizing the airlines. Cheaper to take a flight than it is to take a bus. Holy Toledo! How much is a bus ride? All right, I'm up against the clock. When we come back, uh, roll carts, among other things, on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It is 11:51. Glad to have you with us on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, a couple of stories here as we uh, wrap up the program. Uh, one of them dealing with roll carts. My God, I hope this is the, the last time we ever have to talk about roll carts. <laughs> uh, uh, far from, uh, well, it, it's it, the story's in the Columbia, Missourian. For some Columbia re- residents, 
Monday's trash collection was accompanied by the delivery of city roll carts. They're finally being distributed. Brian, you haven't gotten yours yet? I have not. Nope. Uh, apparently, uh, they're going to be used uh, shortly. <laughs> this is the longest political issue in the history of political issues. And it's nothing but trash talk. And it's not going to die either. As soon as they deliver the roll cards, people are going to be calling the city. What am I supposed to do with this? Where do I put it? Yeah, I mean, it's just the, be just the beginning. And then anything negative, anything negative will hit the media. It'll hit the news uh, about, you know, what a terrible... Uh, somebody is suffering because they have roll carts. <laughs> I, you think I'm kidding? Uh, yeah, that's what they'll say. I guarantee you they'll say some, you know, some, some case where... It, you know, nothing fits for everybody. Uh, there's always an exception to the rule. If 99% of Columbia residents are thrilled with the roll carts, the 1% will get the, the coverage. Yes, a lot of people like them, but Joe here can't roll the roll cart to the street or, or has no plan. I mean, they'll, they'll come up with a story. But it is my hope. That we never have to talk about roll carts again. That they are finally done. You got them. Be happy. I've got them where I live. Uh, I've had them in other places that I've lived. And I thought they were great. Perfect? Nope, nothing is. But really, overall, pretty good. Uh, then uh, we could get to talk a little bit about education. Uh, oh, wait a minute. I got the story about electric buses. I didn't get to that. I am falling behind, but I'll talk to listeners. Uh, so let me go chat with Mike. Good morning, Mike. Hey, Gary, I hate to tell you this, but there's going to be a mini-series come out on these roll cars. <laughs> <laughs> and not only that, but my seven children, whenever something comes on the news, it's like, Dad, the roll cars are on. We all jump around and come in on that. <laughs> and somehow, somewhere on your personal property tax, Liberal Columbia and Liberal Channel 17 is going to find a way to tax you $1.75, somewhere to come up with a little bit of money. But, boy, I'll tell you what, they do make a good uh, sled during winter. <laughs> Netflix special on Columbia's roll cards. Have yeah. a good day, sir. Thanks. We're glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Yeah, it'll be a Netflix special, Brian. Yes. And uh, at least, you know, 13 to 20 episodes. <laughs> Maybe more. <laughs> oh, man. It's embarrassing. It really it is. is. I mean, you know, the it is the longest-running story I have ever followed in talk radio. I've never seen one even come close to this. Yes, no, don't talk about it. Yes, talk about it. No, don't do it. Yes, do Oh, my God. Just wrap it up for crying out loud. Uh, on education, House Committee approves charter school expansion. Uh, the story is in the Columbia, Missourian. Bills seeking to expand charter schools into three Missouri counties were approved Wednesday by a House Special Committee on Education Reform. Uh, the story, as I said, in the Columbia Missourian says the proposals were combined into one substitute bill for the uh, committee. Uh, they voted to adopt the amendment. Uh, and, well, you know, 
giving people choice. It's bad enough you're taking our money or, you know, if we don't give it to you, you'll take our house or our car. Uh, but at least let us have some choice. The bills sponsored by Brad Christ of uh, St. Louis, Justin Hicks of Lake St. Louis, and uh, Cherie Tolson-Rice of Hallsville, my favorite representative in all of the state of Missouri, are identical in language, except for population provisions, to accommodate each of the sponsors' districts. It should be statewide. You should be able to, you know, if it, it, you should be able to take that money and put it in education anywhere you want for your kids. That'd make the public schools crack down and do their jobs and do it right. Yeah, but people uh, are too stupid to do that. Yeah, we, we can't give that. those. Yeah, they might they might send their kids to the wrong school. Right, yeah, they, they might learn about freedom, liberty, economics. We can't have that. No, and and it, and why would you want to send your kid to a school where they don't promote transsexuals? Yes. and let them use the opposite bathroom of their birth. <laughs> I, I, yeah, we can't let them have that kind of freedom. They have to have gender studies as part of their curriculum. Absolutely. Uh, uh, so you can't have those choices because. You're, You're too, too stupid. stupid. Luke is on in Sedalia. Good morning, Luke. Yeah, I lived in Lake Ozark and Osage Beach for quite a few years, left the area. Anyway, we had uh, we had our choice in trash. It was really weird. You know, you could have private trash companies, or if you live in the county, you could burn your trash. Nobody told you what to do. But I guess I came back towards central Missouri because I'm too stupid to know what to do with my trash. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not yeah. as smart as those people in Lake Ozark and Osage Beach and Camdenton with their private end of stuff. It's, they're crazy down there. Yeah, anyway, they, thanks, Luke. Yeah, you can't have competition, Luke. No, no, that would hurt the unions. All right, Luke, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, how much time do I, where I'm at here, Brian? I'm, I'm you almost, have uh, one minute. All right. Electric buses are sitting unused in cities across the country. Apparently, they are, they're just failing left and right. Uh, between the federal government, states, and municipalities, billions in taxpayer dollars spent adding electric buses to transit fleets. However, cities from coast to coast grappling with broken down e-buses that can't be fixed or are too expensive to fix, and they, in many cases, have scrapped their entire electric uh, fleets entirely. Asheville, North Carolina, uh, expressed frustration. Three of the five e-buses they bought for from 2018 are now sitting idle due to a combination of software issues, mechanical problems, and an inability to, to obtain replacement parts. They keep pushing these on the... When that... What'll happen... When you're forced into them for your car. Big government. What a waste. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem and Gwen baby, honey. I'm coming home.